Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins, the program where we anticipate an experience with the Lord on each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening today, and my prayer is that you will be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen. The primary purpose for this program is to be a source of inspirational truth that will not only awaken a deeper hunger within you for more of God, but also a source of encouragement when it comes to maintaining a deep passion for the Lord. Leviticus 6.12 says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. This Old Testament verse spoke into the sacrificial burnt offering practices of the temple, and it reflects the fact that we as the bride of Christ are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and to maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame this week. My name is Keith Collins, and I am blessed that you are listening. I pray that um, the next several minutes will be an encouragement to you, that you'll be challenged in your walk with the Lord, and that the Lord will use this time together to really increase your passion for things that have eternal value, as well as to awaken all of our hearts um, regarding what it means to really be a follower of Jesus in this hour that we live in. This week... I want to talk about something that I believe is is so foundational and so important to who we are as God's people. Last week on the podcast, I, I shared a message that I recently preached in a church in West Virginia where I talked about the transforming power of the gospel, how it is still the gospel alone that makes a difference in this generation as in every generation. And this week, I want to talk to you about the role of the church. Let me give this a title and call it The Cost, the Mission, and the Mandate. Um, I want us to understand that there is a price to follow Jesus. You know, we are in a very challenging season in church history. We're in a challenging season in our nation as well as the nations of the world. This has been an unusual past 10 months or so for for the world regarding the coronavirus pandemic, um, political challenges in America um, that are still taking place even as I record this today. But in the midst of all that, I think we need to be careful that we do not lose focus of the reason that the Lord has called us and ordained us to be His voice and His people in the hour that we live in. So so I want to talk to you today about something that, that's very important. And I want to open this up by reading from Luke's Gospel, the 14th chapter. And these are actually some of the most challenging verses in the Bible. <clears throat> they, they, they really strike at the heart of humanity. And I believe that, that the Lord, as He speaks here, as Jesus speaks here, He's really going after our hearts. And if there's ever a time whenever I believe the heart of the church must be captured or even recaptured, it's the hour that we live in. So so listen to the words of, of Jesus here. It says, Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, this is Jesus speaking, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life also, 
he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish all who see it, begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000 or else. While the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Now, I don't know of any more direct, more clear scripture within the entirety of the Word of God that, that calls for us to be followers of Jesus like this passage does. Now, we have, of course, other passages where even the Lord Himself speaks directly to His, to his children, to His disciples, and calls them to forsake all to follow Him. But but this this passage here in Luke 14 has always stood out to me as a a very clear and even um, I think I'll use the word aggressive passage in the sense that Jesus is calling for a place of total or full surrender. He's literally telling us to lay down every love of this world in order to follow him. Now, you know, some would hear his words here where he talks about that if we do not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even our own lives, then we cannot be his disciple. And that sounds almost um, over the top, so to speak. It sounds like it's just a little too radical, obviously, for the human heart or for the human ears to hear. But I think whenever we understand the, the type of, of language that Jesus uses, this hyperbolic way of communicating, he is literally saying that unless your love, your commitment, your dedication to me um, is so great that it makes other natural loves of this world seem to be even as hatred, then you really cannot be my disciple. And again, of course, the Lord wants us to love our families, to love our parents, to love our children, to provide for our families. I mean, those those scriptures throughout the Word of God are very clear. They're very plain. But here we see that that Jesus is is going for the intentions and the motives of the hearts of humanity. And um, in an hour where there's so much division, I've been you know, challenged. I've been, to be honest with you, somewhat grieved even in recent days as I've seen a lot of division even in the church regarding the current political dynamic that, that we see at bay in our country. Um, you know, my heart is stirred, my 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 emotions, my my prayer time, my 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 passions have been stirred for a new sense of focus and dedication unto the Lord. And I believe now more than ever before, it is it is vital, it is so important that that we get focused on the cost of following Jesus, the mission to win the loss, the mandate to go where the Lord has called us to go. These are pressing 
pressing times. And this is not a season where we can just kind of do church as we've always done church. No, there is a a greater mandate upon us than I believe I've ever felt. And I've been in ministry for over 30 years. But in this season, in this hour of my life, even the ministry that that we're a part of, um, I I feel this this pressing mandate to really get back to the the foundations of Scripture. I listen. I love the supernatural. I love the prophetic. I love the apostolic. I love the the nine gifts of the Spirit. I believe we need those active, even more active in the church. But I believe that we have to be careful, especially in this season of history, that that we do not forsake the, the foundational doctrines of Scripture, the foundational truths of the Word of God that call us to love our neighbors as ourselves, that call us to preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified, that that call us to, to lay hands on those to receive healing and even the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In other words, if we're not careful, we can get so consumed into trendy movements and to mystical things that are happening that we can lose our foundational purpose for being the church of Jesus Christ in the hour that we live in. Again, let me reiterate, I love the supernatural. Paul said, desire gifts. I understand that, and, and I love the gifts of the Spirit. I, I operate in the gifts of the Spirit, but but I want you to understand my heart right now. We've got to get back to what it means to live a life crucified to the things of this world. We've got to get back to what it means to win the lost at any cost, to pray with fervency, to to live, as Paul said, lives worthy of the calling of Jesus Christ, to where we are jealous for the unity of the brethren. We're jealous for the unity of the Lord in the midst of the church. And I'm talking about unity with compromise. I'm talking about standing on foundational truths, but we don't allow things to separate us as the body of Christ, especially in this pressing hour with so many challenges and with with so many distractions. I want to just read a few quotes um, with regard to what it really means to to be a disciple of Jesus and what it means to, to count the cost. To, to understand the, the cost, the mission, and the mandate that's upon us in this hour. Robert Moffat said, Oh, that I had a thousand lives and a thousand bodies. All of them should be devoted to no other employment but to preach Christ to those despised yet beloved mortals. Um, Ludwig von Zinzendorf, the founder of the Moravian Missionaries Movement, said this, I have but one passion, it is he. It is he alone. The world is the field, and the field is the world, and henceforth that country shall be my home where I can be most used in winning souls for Christ. C.T. Studd said this, and I think I read this quote on another podcast recently, but he said, Some wish to live within a sound of a chapel bell, but I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. Friend, these are <laughs> sobering, very direct, I'm sorry, direct quotes by, by men of God, but, but I want you to hear the passion of their hearts. These men refuse to get sucked in to situations, circumstances, mindsets, distractions that would hinder them from following Jesus with reckless abandonment. They refuse to be distracted from the, the mission of reaching the lost 
preaching the gospel. And again, I am, I'm one that, and I've said this in other podcasts, I believe that we need to be involved in our culture that we live in. We need to be involved in society, in politics, in education, in the business world, in the church world. I mean, I, I'm a hundred, hundred and ten percent behind all of that. But listen to me, may we never forsake the preaching of the gospel. May we never forsake the remedy for sinful humanity. May we never forsake the message of repentance, the message of turning to Jesus and laying down our own lives, our own agendas, our own ministries, our own kingdom building personas, our own ambitions and goals and all the things that that we oftentimes allow to draw us. May our hearts be radically connected to the great commission that we know that the Lord, according to Matthew 28, has called us to go into the nations and to make disciples of those nations. That is the mandate upon you and I as the church of Jesus Christ. And, and the cost is high, but it's worth everything. That's why Jesus so radically says, you've got to hate the things of this world. You've got to love me so much that even the things that you love, even in a right way, will appear as hatred compared to the level of devotion and love that you have for me. Listen, my, my heart is is stirred today. And um, again, I, I feel like there's a spirit of distraction. What I mean by that, I think the church is distracted right now. That doesn't mean everyone. I believe there's some amazing leaders out there. There's some amazing intercessors. There's some incredible people of God that are doing fantastic things in America and around the world. But um, but I have to be honest with you. My heart, again, is grieved. My my heart is broken as I'm seeing a, a shattering. And if there's ever a time for the church to be united and focused on, on the enemy because of what he's doing to our nation of America, to the nations of the world, and even to the church. This is the hour to be focused on Jesus expressly, completely, that he is the supreme thing that we lift up in this hour. So my my heart today is really, it's simple, but it, it's to call us back to radical devotion to Jesus. It's to, to call us back to, to intimacy with God. It's to call us back to the, the primary reason that, that the Lord has called us to be his church in this generation. And throughout the generations of the world, we've seen this. The, the focus has to be Jesus Christ. Christ crucified, resurrected, ascended back to the Father, glorified on the right hand of the Father, make an intercession for the church. That has to be the focus of you and me as the bride of Christ. Listen, there are a lot of people with good intentions, I believe, and um, multitudes are on the road of good intentions, and they've got great potential. But it's not enough just to have potential and good intentions. We can have that and never effectively be who God has called us to be. Listen, we've got to come to the place right now in this time of history where we are willing by life or by death as the apostle paul said to to give ourselves for the gospel we could be very easily entering a season quickly and and it seems like we are to where it could even cost us something in america to live and to preach the truth but we've got to be willing to do it friend we we must be willing to um to look evil in the face and call it evil and not cower down and try to preserve ourselves and our ministries and our our incomes and these types of things and listen 
How can this happen if the church is so divided? There has to be a willingness for us to embrace, again, the mission, the mandate, and the cost of what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Listen, every obedient follower of Jesus counted the cost. And even in great challenges and sufferings, the eternal rewards of the Lord outweighed everything else. You know, there's there's a pathway that that I, I've seen in my own life. And, um, and it, it, it's challenging, but I believe it's connected to obedience, radical obedience to the Lord. And this, this first thing that I've experienced when I've, when I've stepped out in obedience is this place of shattering or, or brokenness. I talked about that in, in recent, um, podcasts, but, you know, this Isaiah 6 thing where the Lord is seen by the prophet and he's high and lifted up and he's shattered. He, he acknowledges his sinfulness, his selfishness, all the things that have have kept him at bay. And even though, you know, w- we can assume that Isaiah was already a prophet, obviously, historically and through what we see in the Word, but it's at this place that his ministry is really launched. Why? Because he allows the glory of the Lord to to overwhelm him. And he, he acknowledges his sinfulness, that he's in the the midst of a people with that live in sin his his lips are unclean and he allows this purging dynamic to take place where we see this angelic creature take a live coal from the altar of the lord with tongs and places it on his lips he's shattered he's refined he's he's purged and and i feel like the lord is doing such a deep 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 painful let me say that painful purging in the church we've we've had you know even leading prophetic voices come out in the last few days and apologize and and i mean there's a lot taking place what i what i see is purification i see purging i see shattering i see brokenness i see needed humility i see the kingdoms of of man coming down i see the the idols of ministry being toppled and even though not all these people are in sin or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not referring to that in any way, shape, or form. Some of these are great people, I believe, that love the Lord with all their heart and they just possibly missed it. And, and there's the other camp that says, no, hold on. You know, things could still develop and we're not at even the inauguration date. Of course, I'm talking about the, the presidential prophecies that came forward. But listen, whatever that looks like in a few days, the fact of the matter is Jesus is still Lord. And I believe that the Lord is is doing a deep, deep, deep cleansing work, even through these places of shattering and repentance and brokenness. And my prayer is that we will allow the Lord to have his perfect work in leaders, in the church, in Christian media, that that these idols that have been erected, these idols of ministry to where we pretty much worship men of God, women of God, churches, that this idolatry will be completely toppled and that we would once again get back to the cost. What does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it mean to take up our cross and follow him? The mission the mission is to take the gospel to the nation. The mandate, the mandate is we, we have to go. We can't wait for another generation. We can't wait for another political, um, climate or a political season where we can elect new people or different people. Friend, I understand all those things and we need to be involved in politics and voting and all that stuff. But listen to me. The church has to be the church. 
If we're not going to be the church now, then when are we going to be the church? One of my dear friends, um, a pastor friend of mine, Dr. Jamie Morgan, Pastor Jamie Morgan, um, you know, just been reading some of her stuff recently, and and she's saying things like, "This is the greatest time in history to be a Christian." And you know what? I agree with that. I mean, we we have talked about persecution. We've talked about challenges. And listen, I've, I've been blessed. I've been around the world. I've been in dozens of nations. And some of the people that I know the most, and I've shared these things before, are part of the persecuted church. I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen to the church in America. I mean, we're seeing censorship um, heightened um, through social media platforms. I don't know how far that goes. I know that it's gone a lot farther than, than maybe we would have ever thought it could have gone in the last year, especially even in recent days, literally days. Um, I don't know what happens to the church in the future, but I do know this, man, what an exciting time to really believe what we believe. And the question is this, do we really believe it? Because again, my friend, they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. In the midst of that, we believe the provision of the Lord is there. And even in death, even in suffering, the provision of the Lord is still there. I know that 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 defies human logic, and it also defies a lot of modern theology. But my friend, these are the days of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ being upon the church. I want to encourage you, do not cower, do not hide do not live in fear and trepidation do not allow the the spirit of antichrist to cause you to to recoil but as never before hear the words of paul where he said we are troubled on every side yet not distressed we are perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken cast down but not destroyed you see my friend these are the days of the glory of the lord i believe and listen i am i am hungry for revival in the church an awakening in the nation but i i i i know that it has to come through a people that ha- we have to be shattered there has to be brokenness um this might sound strange but i believe this humiliation that even the charismatic Pentecostal church is, is going through with all of this prophetic stuff that's, that's, that's right in front of us right now because of all the, the deal with the, the presidential election and the prophetic voices. As challenging as it is, if we will allow it, it will humiliate us to the point of humility and brokenness. In other words, if we'll allow it to do the purging that it can and should do, that I believe that that God is allowing it in order to bring us back to the, the basic foundations of who we are as the people of God, that if we will allow the Lord to have His perfect work in this season that we find ourselves in, friend, there is no telling what the Lord can do through a body of Christ that is pure, that is holy, a people that are not concerned with getting the credit for the greatest prophetic word or the next move of God or the the most popular book or new Christian album or whatever or CD. But listen, if we come to the place to where we count the cost, what is the cost? The cost is a cross. Steve Hill, the revivalist, the evangelist at the Brownsville Revival, would quote this quote often. He would say that, Religion is hanging around the cross, but Christianity is getting on the cross. You see, we are to be crucified with Christ. We're also to be resurrected with Christ. I understand that, but my friend, it, it starts with the cross. It, it starts with picking up your cross, as Jesus said. If you're going to be my disciple, you got to pick up your cross. What is he saying? Count the cost. 
This is not just about Santa Claus Jesus that just wants to meet all your needs. He is a need meter. I understand that. He, he, he's a way maker. We, we sang that song last year and year before. And I love that song, but, but listen to me. He, he's more than that. He's a Lord. He's a King. He's a Savior. He's deservant of our allegiance. He's deservant of our heart. He deserves our passions. He deserves our willingness to live or to die for Him, or both. He deserves a bride that is focused on Him, not politics, not a nation. Of course, again, we stay engaged. We stay prayerful. We pray for our leaders. We pray for our nation. But my friend... If we are not careful, we will get so divided in the church because of idolatry that that we will cease to be effective in the hour that we live in. And I believe that we have, I know this is hard, but I, I believe we've come close to that, that, that Christianity has become so popular and so um, cool and trendy and vogue that, that we have kind of lost our prophetic edge. And I don't mean prophets prophetic edge in the sense that we know how to prophesy what's going to happen but i'm talking about our ability to stand in the face of evil and call it evil with purity and holiness of heart and life and effectiveness to impact our culture the way that we should so embrace the shattering and then allow the lord to do the releasing in our life what does that mean that we are willing to let go of everything that's not of god we release it into his hands and we say lord you come and you take full control of my ministry my my desires my family my my income everything that i have god i release it into your hands for the glory of jesus christ and then and then we we go as isaiah said here i am lord send me Paul was sent to the Gentiles. Moses was sent to a burning bush experience. And from there, he was sent to deliver his people out of Egyptian bondage. Listen, friend, these are amazing times that we live in. Stand firm in your faith, but check your heart. Check your heart. Are you following a man more than the man Christ Jesus? Are you following preachers and prophets more than the word of God? Are you disillusioned because you put your hope in a circumstance or a date or something like that? Listen, stand fast in Jesus Christ. He is immovable. He's the same today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll go with you to the end of the world. He is faithful to the end be encouraged in your walk with the lord today and again my friend count the cost embrace the mission and feel the mandate of the lord to do the works of jesus in this hour listen thank you so much for being a listener to maintain the flame we're excited about 2021 we've got some amazing things scheduled i just kind of felt to come on this time I actually had a different broadcast or show that I wanted to do today, but I felt with all that's going on in our world right now that it was important for me just to come and share some of these things with you today. But but stay tuned. In the coming weeks, we have some amazing guests that we're lining up, and we're excited about what the Lord is doing in this hour. And I'm believing for revival in the church, and I'm still in faith for awakening in America and the nations of the world. We love you. Listen, you can go to our web pages. You can go to keith-collins.org or you can also follow us at 
impactgf.org. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame. We love you, and we look forward to being back with you again for another episode next week. God bless and maintain the flame of God in your heart. In Jesus' name, bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins today. I trust that you've been blessed and encouraged as you've listened. And if you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then let me encourage you to listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at keith-collins.org or impactgf.org. May the fire of God burn brighter and hotter in your life. God bless you.